Good evening. I hope all of you are well. We're learning Masecha Shkalem Daf Yud tonight, starting at the very bottom. Tezayinim Beis at a new halacha, halacha Beis. We mentioned a couple of days ago that there were 13 hishtachavoyos. There were 13 times that people would be mishtachave um, throughout the Mikdash. As they were walking throughout the Mikdash, it wasn't part of a specific avoda. Just as they walked around, there were 13 locations, kind of like if you could imagine Kaviocha, there was a sign like bow here. <laughs> Bow here and 13 of them will see Machlokas in the Tanayim as to what exactly the scope of this was, but our Mishnah is very clear. Halacha Beis Masnitin, at the very bottom of Tazayin Amud Beis, writes the, the Mishnah as follows. Where were these bowings? Where did they take place? Says the Gemara, Arba B'Tzafon, four were in the north, Arba B'Dorim, four were in the south, Shalash B'Mizrach, three were in the east, Beis B'Marok, and uh, two were in the west, Keneged Shlosha Sar Sharim. Uh, because there were 13 Sha'arim in the Azara. The Azara is the area, not the whole Mikdash, but if you could imagine that the base of Mikdash is two squares next to one another. One side possesses the Heichal, the other side is the Azra Nashim. We're talking about the side that has the Heichal, and there were 13 gates surrounding that, according to the Tanakhama, according to the Shita in, in the Gemara. So let's get into it. The Romim, the ones that were on the southern wall, but Smucham the Marav, starting from the west, what were the four that were on that wall? Shara Elyon, Shara Delek, Shara Bechorot, Shara Mai. These were the four um, at which there would be Hishtach And then asks the Mishnah, this is a machlokas in the Mishnah, one of them is because the water that was brought in by Sukkis for Nisu Chamaim, not because of that, because as we will see in the Gemara today, in full color, there is a, a source of water that would come from the, the Kodesh, from the Kodesh HaKodashim, and emanate outwards toward the east, cutting through the Heichal, and then up to the Mizbech, and then past the Mizbech, and then out of the Mizbech, and into Yerushalayim, and we'll see where it stops, and whether or not that water could be used for mikvah water. We're going to get into some of the nuance of La'asilava, of what that water would look like. But either way, this, these are two shitas, either because of Nisu Hamaim or the water La'asilavo, that uh, the Mishnah refers to this shah as the Shar Hamaim. Le'umasan, third line, Yudzayin, Maralaf Le'umasan. What did we speak about? We spoke about one wall already. Here's B'Tzavon Smuch and the Marav on the northern wall, starting at the west. Shar Yechonia, Shar HaKorban, Shar HaNashim, Shar HaShir. Why did it get the name of Shar Yechonia? It says the Gemara, it says the Mishnah, Shaboyatze Yechonia Begaluso. Uh, because that was the last time he was in the Mikdash, Yechonia. This is the beginning of Yechonia uh, Melech, uh, right? We said in the beginning of Echa. What is Yechonia Melech? What is it? Melech Yehuda. Is that what it says in the beginning of, uh, of Echa, that he, this was with the shard that he left? And it, uh, it, uh, what? No, oh, is it really? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the real. yeah, but that yeah okay. I was re- I was referencing the Navi. But it's in Esther. Okay, yeah. All right, I don't know what that's okay. So, anyways, it was named after Yechonia. So fine. Sheba Mizrach. What about the eastern wall? Shar Nikan or Vishar Pishpishin? Vishnei Pishpishin? Hayul Vishnei Pishpishin? Or and there were two doors that were next to it. Uh, and uh, that was three more. So that's Nikanor and the two next to it. And two on the western wall. And they did not have a name. 
So uh, we're opening with the Gemara now, Yudzayin Maralev, and we're going to analyze this Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Mas Nisun Abayosa Ben Yochanan. That's the sheet of Ben Yochanan. The Amar Kenegish Shloshes Arsharim that it had to do with the gate that there were thirteen gates that surrounded the Azara. The Ram, however, Kerabonan Shivash Arm Hayubazar. However, the Rabbis had a tradition that there were only seven gates that surrounded the Azara. But they equally had a Masora that there were still 13 Ishtach Havayos. So how did they ba- balance out the fact that there were only seven Sha'arim? The Tana of our Mishnah clearly indicated that it was based on Sha'arim, yet the, Ra- the Rabbanon held that there were only seven Sha'arim. How did they get to 13? So they said, the Rabbanon, Heichan Ha'ishtach Havayos, where did they get up to 13? Answers the Gemara, Ki Yiddetanin and Taman, Shlosh Yisrei Pratzos Hayu Bo, there were 13 reaches in the times of the Chashmonaim around an area that surrounded the Mikdash, not in the Mikdash, but an area that surrounds the Mikdash called the Soreg. And there were 13 Pratzos in them, Chepirtu Malche Yavan, that the Greek kings, they made holes in the walls. V'chazru v'ugedarum v'nei Chashmonaim. Chashmonaim rebuilt them. V'gazru k'negdan shloshas v'ishtach So that's the machloket between them. Do the 13 ishtach come from the fact that there are, according to our Mishnah, 13 Sha'aram around the Azara? Or do they come from the fact that there were 13 breaks in the Soreg in the surrounding uh, fence that was around the, the Mikdash, not the actual base of Mikdash itself, but the building, the, the wall around it. Um, and uh, is that why we have the 13 Ishtach Havayos there? Okay, so no, that's no, the Machlokas. What? The diagram says 11. It says 11. It says, What do you mean? I just tried to Oh, no, you can't. Uh, no, they because they, they patched the walls. That's what it would look like right now. It was rebuilt. Okay. But, but when it was broken during the time, no, I see what you're saying now, when you count, yeah, the Mikdash, what you're looking at is a perfected picture, but in the times of the Chashmonaim, there were 13 Pratzos made, and they filled in the ones that were that were Nifrats, and that's what we do the Ishtach for. So we spoke about the water that will start in the Kodesh HaKodashim, um, and let's get into some very, uh, some some significant detail here. Ksiv, the Pasuk writes as follows, there will be flowing water that will come from Yerushalayim. Tani, the Bryce says, it's fast. Coming from the actual inside the Kodesh HaKodesh and behind the Paroches, we'll have a very, very thin amount of water, like the width of the antenna of a snail. That's what the Gemara says. And then from there, uh, the water will increase. In parochas, from the parochas itself, then they'd have a, like a, a flow of water that's a little bit wider, like the antenna of a grasshopper. And then still widening out more, like one of the strings on a, on a, on a loom. And then it gets even more, until the threshold of the, of the, uh, of the base of Mikdash, this is like another type of string, a little bit wider. So you could imagine just a very small trail of water that increases slightly, increases still more, increases still more, and it's going to increase still more. It's as if you're pouring out of a pitcher of some kind. See, the Pasuk writes, that there's going to be water flowing on the right side, and then the, uh, the next pasuk continues and says, "B'teitzayish kadim v'kav biadova yomad elef b'ama." It's going to go out a thousand ama v'yavirani b'maim may afsayim, and then it's going to be up to a person's ankles. And the Gemara explains it's ad karsula, giving us the modern parlance or their modern parlance, I should say, of what karsula means. That the water is going to. This is totally antithetical to logic. You'd assume that the larger volume of water would minimize as it flows. Here, this is total backwards, right? We're, 
is lusted lovo. This is not regular stuff. This is all miraculous, where it starts out with only the width of an antenna of a snail, tiny. We're talking microns in our modern day measurements. And how is that exactly leading to enough water to get up to the ankles of people? It doesn't even make any sense. All of this is, uh, is alpines. And then after it gets up to his ankles, he'll measure another thousand amas. But my mind, it's going to go up to his knees. That's a lot of water. And another thousand, it's going to be up to one's thighs. And, even, and from there, it's going to get even more. Another thousand, it's going to be a stream of water that you won't even be able to cross. And then says the Gemara, we just had this in, uh, in in our world where there's a huge boat that couldn't uh, that couldn't travel in the straits of the water, so that's this apparently happens. But this is all stemming lasi lavo. It's all stemming from the tiny little snail's antenna with the water that's coming from the kodesh behind the parochet. I feel it would be running gadol in my taima. Often in Yerushalmi, when we see my taima, it actually doesn't mean what is the reason as much as it means what is the source. And here, this makes perfect sense. That you won't be able to cross over. Why won't it be able to cross over? So answers the Gemara uh, from the Pasuk. Because there's so much water that they are sahu. What does that mean? That you can't swim. It's very interesting. The Gemara says that a boat can't travel because a person can't swim. <laughs> I don't know. I could think of plenty of circumstances where I will not be able to swim, but a boat will be perfectly fine. Choppy waters would be just the most simple of those examples. But nevertheless, the Mephorshim here, based on this Gemara, do equate the two. And we know, says the Gemara, that the word sahu, we know today, a brechat is a swimming pool. We know the word chiyah today means swimming. But how did we, what's the precedent for Mesachu that it means? That's what says the Gemara, Amar Abhuna, Be'asrin, where I live, Karula Shayata, Sachvana, that we call swimming, we call it Sachvana, which is similar to the word Sachu. Ufeiras Yadabikirbokashayifarei And it says that a Kadosh Baruch Hu is going to stretch out his hand. And uh, we see similarly the word Shokhe. Uh, Let's see how, how the Gemara explains, Sokhe, excuse me. Asks the Gemara, Maldis goes, Amar Rebiosi, Be Rebibon, Maya de Mismala Limba Alma. It's the water that everyone's going to talk about. The swimming that we are not going to be able to do when this water increases to this level is all talking about the Atsi level. Continuing on that same theme, Ksiv the Pasuk writes, Bayomu Yemakor Niftach, Lebeis W. Loshivishlam Chata, Sulanidas mentioned that can a woman go to the mikvah in this water? Can this water can be used? Can it be used for the mechatas? So let's see. Says the Gemara, Reb Shmuel Bar Nachman B'Shem Rebbe Yonasan, and he based of it from the base of Mikdash Ve'ad Yoshvei Yerushalayim until the place where people live in Yerushalayim. Sherun Lanidu Lachatzah, so a woman could go to the mikvah for both of those. Mikan Ve'elech Meitarobasim. At that point, the waters mingle. When it comes to Hilchos Nida, a woman needs a mikvah that has um, that has a megeshet. When it comes to chatas, that, that type of water has to be flowing water, and therefore, once the water is mixed, that it's not considered flowing anymore, and therefore, it would not work. But it would work for anida, but not for mechatas. However, Amar Rebelazar, he doesn't agree. Me based of it, we had Yoshvi Yerushalayim. Everyone does agree. Taka like the previous shita, the Sherem Lenido lechatas, but Mikan Ve'elach because Yerushalayim slopes down after Harhab after that whole mountain, and when you look down, you'll see that there's a huge slope there. So Mekatafriso saying though it slopes there in, in that water, that everyone agrees. That water is ineligible. Uh, let's continue talking about the uh, the waters around Eretz Yisrael. 
Hamayim ha'ela yotzim el hagilila hakadmona ze yam shel samchu. The samchu waters were found seemingly by the base of Italy. That's what the Mefarshim say. This may have been a time, at least I don't know how this plays out in in our understanding of the topography of continents, but. According to some of the commentaries here, the continents were still merged as one, and it was only an onish that they were separated, but it hadn't happened yet at this time. So Samchu is a body of water near Italy. This water is a reference to, uh, obviously, the Yam Shalteria. The Dead Sea. Talking about the Mediterranean. Why was it called Mutsaim? In the plural, that it came out twice. What does that mean? There was twice that the waters overflowed in the Mediterranean. These are the two times when the Mediterranean overflowed. So the Gemara takes a little bit more detail here. When it overflowed, where did it overflow to? He says, It went into a particular city called Calvaria. It's also found in Italy. And then Uvishnia, the second time it overflowed, Yatza at Cape Barbaria. It uh, it did so until it reached the the coast of Barbary. A diff, uh, this is uh, is uh, found in Africa. The Mephorshim here, right? Barbary. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Is it a destination of some kind? Have you been there? No. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard of it before. He has a little bit of a different opinion that the first time to the coast of Barbary, and the second time it was up to Akko and up to Yafo. Um, and this is based on Psukim that the water flowed till there, that when the Mediterranean overflowed, up until this place, no further. And the drush is at Akko Tosiv, who stopped the water there. And then the next language is Ufo. Yashis begon galecha ufo. There's a plan word ad yafo from ufo in the pasuk. Ashis geon galecha that your waves can be shown. So that's what the Gemara says. You know, going back to the water that came from the Beis Hamikdash, nicha yama raba yama demilcha. I understand the water that's going to come out of the Kodesh Hakodashim. I understand that that's going to be needed for the yama raba uh, and it's going to be needed for the yama demilcha. That I understand because says the Gemara bishvil limatzkein in order to make sure that it's sweet. Uh, the, the water from the base of Mikdash gave a good flavor to the water, but Yama de Tveria, Yama de Samchu, why did those need it? Those were already sweet. So answers the Gemara wasn't for the sweetness for the drinking of the water, but it had the bracha of creating more fish. The Rabos Dagosam, because the Pasuk says we're going to make more fish there. That there's a multitudes of, uh, of, uh, of fish. There's so many different types of foods. Uh, so many different types of fish. And in fact, the Gemara tells a story to this exact end. Tani, Amar of Shimon ben Gamliel, Maisa Shalachli Litzaydan, he went to a particular city. A platter of 300 different types of fish. That's a lot of fish. And all of that was from the bracha. So going back to the psukim, the Pasuk says seemingly a contradiction, that the water would become literally healed. Uh, but it doesn't mean healed. It just means that it would be edible and drinkable. Uh, and, and it also says that it will not be healed. So which one is it? Which one is it? You can't tell me both. It's either going to be fixed or it's not going to be fixed. The Pasuk has a contradiction. Answers the Gemara. You're absolutely right. It was a makam hu ushmo velo yerafu. The name of the place was lo yerafu, that it should not be fixed. That was the name of the city, lo yerafu. And what was going on here is that only that place would have salt water. All the other places would no longer be salt water so that we would be able to have drinkable water. 
Let's learn more of these psukim. Ksiv, the Pasuk says, On each side of the water called Eitz there's going to be trees for eating. All of the leaves are going to be perfect. They're not going to, they're not going to die. And the fruits are going to last forever. We're going to have to see what those two words mean. Um, it translates literally about about bikurim lechadoshav. It will make new bikurim, new crops, new foods. It says the Gemara Tani Amar of Yehuda lepisha ba'olamazeh tevua grains osel l'shisha chodashim takes six months to grow grains. The Ilan osel l'shnei masar chodashim trees. Uh, it takes them uh, twelve months to grow fruits. Avalas ilav in the future will be much faster. Tevua osel l'chodash echad ve'ilan osel l'shnei chodashim. Everything is. Is much much faster. It's six times faster. Grains will grow in a month, and trees will grow fruits in in two months. My taima and says Rabbi Yehuda, what is the pasuk that says that this is the case? Lachadoshav yivakir lachadoshav in the plural multiple two months. So that's talking about the tree. Ve'ilan l'shnei chodashim. Ve'ilan also l'shnei chodashim. That lachadoshav in the plural will take two months. However, Rabbi Yossi disagrees with this uh, with this approach of Rabbi Yehuda, and he says like this. Yes, he agrees that in this world it takes six months to grow grains and 12 months for a tree to grow fruit. 15 days, could you imagine planting uh, planting uh, any type of grain and 15 days later it's ready to harvest. In one month, you can grow an apple tree. It's an unbelievably quick uh, thing that's going to happen. This actually happened by the time of Yoel and Avi, as it's found in Tanakh. And they brought a Korban Omer from this type of growth that took place in 15 days. My time, what is the Marimakom for this? More umalkosh barishon. More umalkosh barishon. So this is a drasha. Usually it's yore as one type of rain and malkosh is another. And here both of them happened at the same time. So based on how the psukim are learned, uh, it uh, it implies that it was done very, very quickly. And that's the shita uh, of Rabiosi that the grains were made in 15 days and the fruits were grown in one month. So umma mekayim Rabiosi lechadoshav yivakir. What does Rabiosi do with the pasuk of, of uh, According to Yehuda, the Chadashav Yivakir was a plural. It taught us that it took two months for the tree. Great, wonderful. However, what does he do with it if it says only one month? He says, He explains the word. It's not that it means two months. In every single month, you were able to grow a full crop on a tree. So that's how he explains the Pasuk. And the rest of the Pasuk reads, that the leaves were medication. Rav Yochanan Amar. Carpe, the medication uh, or whatever, that which you can gain out of it is matzitz alei, from the word uh, metzitza, to, to suck out of it, that one could basically um, suck out the, val- the nutrients from a leaf and it would, be, it would be considered sustenance for him. And it's based on the word utraf, mizona, that the word traf is connected to the word mazo. However, not everyone, uh, not everyone agrees that that's shot here. Let's understand this pasuk a little more homiletically. This was coming to teach us that you can um, you can uh, fix the top of your mouth. According to some of the Mephorshim, that means that there are those who were not able to speak and now they're able to. And some says that it helps one in regard to their lower mouth, namely it helps them to go to the bathroom. Uh, that's uh, a laxative of some kind. And other Amoraim say as follows, they have a different machlokas about this. Peakaros is a reference to the cervix, to the womb, that women who were not able to have children 
if they were eating this food, then they would be able to then have children. The people who are not able to speak are now able to speak. All right, good. That brings us uh, to a continuation of the Mishnah that says, and we said that there were some uh, other gateways. Remember, our Tana and our Mishnah says that the Yud Gimel had to do with the gates that were in the Azara. So now let's talk about the ones that were B'tzafon. When Nebuchadnezzar was coming toward Eretz Yisrael, Bobby Yashav lo the Dofne Shel Antuchia. He was at the uh, he was on the edge of the city of Antuchia, and the Jews knew about it. Biyata Sanhedrin Gedola. This is a crazy story. Biyata Sanhedrin Gedola Krosso. So the Sanhedrin Gedola they went to him, and here's what they asked him. Ba'amralo they said to him, Giazmana Bais Azelei Charev was a Kaddish Baruch who goes there that we should um, have the base and make those be destroyed yet. And he said, Omar Lahen, not yet. Give me the person who's in charge, and I'll leave you guys alone. And they went over to the person who was the king at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, he wants you. Once Yehoyachin heard this, he took the key ring that had all of the keys for the Beis HaMikdash, and went on the top of the Beis HaMikdash, and he spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Back in the day, we were trustworthy to serve you. And we were then able to use the keys. But now that we're not doing our part, we need to give the keys back to you. And we don't know really, it wasn't clear from this story exactly what happened. So the Amorayim, we're trying to figure out what happened. So it says the Gemara, train Amorayim. Uh, there are two Amorayim that different sheets. It's Yerchad Amar. Zirakon ba'odlo yardu, he threw it up to the sky and they never came down. Bechad amar, no, ba'kimin yad unataltan miyado, and a hand of some kind um, hopped out of the sky. I don't know what the, again, I guess it's all, I don't even know what to tell you. The hand came out of the sky and took the keys from them. And kevan shera'u kol chori Yehuda kain, once all of the greats of uh, the city of Yehuda of Yerushalayim saw this, this is a terrible story. Alu the Rosh Gagosain, they went up to the roof. The Naflu Umesu. They jumped off of the building and they died. In the valley of Yerushalayim, the valley of seeing, which is a, a language, a flowery language to refer to Yerushalayim. What's everybody doing up on the roof? You've caused so many problems. Teshuos Malay, you've caused a city full of problems. Ir Homiya, the city is, is in total disarray. What are you doing? And that brings us at a very morbid end to this particular halacha, and it brings us to halacha gimel. We also said a couple of days ago, we're on the top of Yud, Zayin, Amud, Beis, and we're starting halacha gimel now four lines down. We spoke about the fact that there were 13 uh, shulchanos in the Beis HaMikdash. We're now going to analyze them, and in, in the Gemara, we're going to question a few of them. We'll get all the way down to four lines till the bottom of the page. And then we will stop. There were 13 tables in the base of Mikdash. Shmona, eight of them, eight of them were made out of marble or some type of stone. And it was in the place where they would do the cutting of the animals. And that's where they would uh, where they would clean the insides of the animals. Two of them were on the western side of the ramp of the Mizbeach. One of them, one of those two, the ones next to the ramp, one was shayish, which was in marble or stone, and the other was made out of kesef, made out of silver. Al shel shayish nos The one that's made out of marble, that's where they would put the uh, put the avarim, the limbs of the animal. The al shel kesef klisharis, and on the silver one, that's where they would put the utensils that were to be used for uh, for the avoda of the mizbeach. 
Rishnayim Ulam, two of them were inside of the Heichal building at large, right next to the doorway. We'll see that this is subject to a machlokas. Is it shayish? Is it not shayish? So according to this sheet, in our Mishnah, it says one of those two tables was marble and the other was made of zahav. And here we run into a very important halachic idea. So when they were going to replace the breads of the lechem aponim on the way into the Beis HaMikdash, they would put down the bread on the shayish. And then, and when they would take out uh, the lechem aponim, they put it on the gold table. And here the Mishnah drops a very important halachic sugya, shemalin b'kodesh below moridin. Ah, the lechem aponim can only go up in Kedusha. So therefore, if you're on the way in, you're going to put it on the table of shayish made out of marble. It's only appropriate to put it on the higher level, the nicer table on the way out, which is the one of gold. So echad shel zav mibifnim she'alav lechem haponim tamid. And there was also one uh, table that was gold inside where the lechem haponim was there all the time tamid. A lot of the Mephorshim here speak about the idea of tamid being related to Talmud Torah. Uh, and therefore the Lechem Apanim is a reference to Talmud Torah, and it's a, it's a mitzvah to me, this, that when we're not doing something else that compels us to not learn, we should be learning. That's a very, 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 very difficult mitzvah. One of my rabbeim in yeshiva back in the day used to say, there's 24 hours in the day. Nebuch, you have to sleep. Okay, let's say you sleep seven hours. The rest of the day is for learning. Okay, you have to go to the bathroom. That consumes a little of your day. Deduct from the 24 hours. Okay, you're left with 15 hours, whatever it is. You have to eat, you got family time. All of these are our obligations, absolutely. But when there's a free moment, uh, so based on the uh, the concept of the lechem, the lechem apanim being betmidius ala shulchan, that it were always there. So there are those who, le- who learn that that is uh, an extension, an idea, I should say, that's learned from here about the tmidius of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Says the Gemara, in contrast with this Mishnah, arguing Tani Abraisa disagrees with our Mishnah, um, it was al shel kesef. The first one that, that I mentioned in the Mishnah that was said was Shalshayish, when you walked into the Heichal, it wasn't a, uh, a gold one and a Shayish one. It was a silver one. It was a gold one and a silver one. So that when you'd go in, you'd put the Lechem onto the silver one. So it says the Gemara as follows. Rabbi Yossi b'shem Reb Shmuel bar Reb Yitzchak, Reb Hananya mati ba b'shem Reb Yochanan. He would say, uh, mati ba, he would he would go in the direction, mate means to lean. He would say that it really was leaning in the direction of saying that it was probably more likely from Rav Yochanan. Lace kan shel kesef, you're not correct. It actually was made of shayish, like our Mishnah says, and not like the Brisa says here at the beginning of the Gemara. Bibnei shehu martiach, it was very, very hot. The metal, it's going to give off a lot of heat, and it's going to cause a problem. It's going to make the lechem upon him spoil. That's not true. That uh, it didn't get ruined. There was a nace in the base of Mikdash that it was always going to be on a, on, on a hot table. The lechem, the, the shulchan of Zahav in the Mikdash was also going to be very hot. So uh, we, there was a miracle. What are you worried about? It's going to be hot on the day it's put there, just like on the day that it's removed. So then uh, what do you care if it's made out of Zahav or if it's, if it's, sorry, if it's made out of Kesef or if it's made out of Shaish, it shouldn't make a difference. So it says the Gemara, an, an answer, it says the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Omar, Ein maskirin maisenisim. You can't, you can't set up the Beis HaMikdash that way. You're right that there were miracles, but we need to use our own our own science, our own knowledge when we do this, and therefore it should be Shel Shayish, and it should not be Shel Kesef, because we're not allowed to, it's not a question of we don't plan around miracles. It's not about we know it's going to happen. 
but we're not allowed to do the layout of the base of Mikdash in that way. And therefore, the first table that we put it on on the way in the Lechem Apanim was a table of Shayish and not a table of Ketzef. Ba'un kume revi ila, lo hayasham lechem ma'ula nichol Shabbos haba. Let's say that uh, we ran out of uh, flour and all we had was the lechem aponim from last week. Should we take it out? I, I mean, at some point it's gonna it's gonna expire halachically speaking. So what should we do? So says the Gemara, Amar or we lost it back to them. See the pasuk writes, the nasata al hashulchan lechem lechem aponim lefanai tami. The Kodesh Baruch Hu says there always has to be lechem aponim, and therefore and powerfully says the Gemara, lechem aponim afilu pasul, unbelievable. Even if the lechem upon him is puzzle, it's better to have some than to have none. Uh, who would have thought it's puzzle? Why is that considered a covet before HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But that's the drush of the puzzle. Says the Gemara, Sar Shulchan Osafta Shlomo, Shlomo made 10 tables, Dechzi Vayat Shulchan Osafta Vayonach Behechal Chamisha Miyamin Vechamisha Mismol, and Melech Shlomo, he made 10, 10 of these tables, and there were five on the right and five on the left, and we're going to have to analyze this. Now, in Tamar, Chamisha Bedarn Vechamisha Bedzafon, if five were on the south and five were on the north, so they have to be on the north side. That's the only place where they're going to be considered halachically kosher. The tables have to be only on that side. They can't be on the other side. What then do you mean? It can't be north and south. That doesn't work. There was a table that was made by Moshe, and these were five to the right and five to the left, but it wasn't north and south, it was east and west. It was on a different, uh, on a different axis. And that left for, um, for the tables to be perfectly kosher. The Brisa continues. They only put the lechem upon him on that one, on, on that of Moshe's table, but not on the other 10 tables that Shlomo made. However, the Brisa says in the name of Rabbi Yossi that that's not true. Rabbi Yossi be Rabbi Yehuda Omer, no, al kulan hayim esadr, shenemar es hashulchanot, ve'alehem in the plural, lechem upon him. They were put on a variety of them. So that's what the Gemara says uh, where they were. Let's just end with one last piece and then we will stop. Says the Gemara, Tani Mizra Humar of Hayunisunim. The uh, the tables were put uh, to Mizrahumar of Divir Rabbi. However, Belazar, Ve, Rib Shimon, Omer, Safon Vidaram Hayunusunim. No, they were put nor uh, they were put north to south. But we learned that that's a problem. We already said you can't have them be on the south wall. If it's east to west on the northern side, that works perfectly. Cool and all of them all of them fit within the Pasuk that the tables are on the northern side. Manda Omar. The one who is of the opinion that they were north and south, Nimsa Shulchan Bidarm. It doesn't make sense to say that. So that causes a big problem for that sheet and the Tanaim. And the Gemara leaves this with a question. We'll stop right here and pick up with Dafir Ches and your Testament Aleph. Is it today, Wednesday? Yeah. And I have tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.